For me, it was important to foster the people-to-people -people bonds. I wanted to understand the Chinese people. I traveled to so many villages. My end goal is to take those experiences and to share that to Africa. 30-year-old Joseph Olivier Mundo is an expat living in China from the African country of Cameroon, who has finished his master's and PhD studies at one of China's most renowned universities. Over the past seven years, he has traveled across China and mingled with ordinary Chinese on his self-imposed mission to learn about the country and promote China-Africa exchanges and cooperation. He says the success of China's economic development offers invaluable lessons for his home country and the wider African continent, and that he is willing to be a bridge between China and Africa. Join us in this edition of Connected on Footprints to find out about this young man's adventures in the vast land of China and the discoveries he has made. Looking through a pair of big frame glasses, Joseph-Olivier Mundou sparkles with energy, yeah, confidence was, and wisdom uh, when he is talking to, to us about his experience. Um, relationship between um, Africa and China. And I think this young man, born China, in 1993, so is quite cosmopolitan, calls, having example, travelled or lived in various African countries, Germany and now China. In the summer of 2023, he graduated from Peking University with a doctor's degree in international studies. Upon graduation, he found a job at the Beijing-based China-Africa Business Council, a non-governmental organization established in 2006. I always wanted to foster relationship between Africa and China, and I think starting from the China-Africa Business Council, which is an NGO that focused on not only businesses, but there is a people-to-people -people dimension that attracted me. This young man is now learning fast to get used to his new role as a career person and looking forward to his life and work at the organization in the coming years. But he says his ultimate goal is to go back to Cameroon and help develop his own country. So why did he come to China in the first place? Well, his interest in this oriental country dates back to 2015, when he finished his bachelor's degree studies in Germany and returned to Cameroon. I realized that there are a lot of Chinese, a lot of Chinese investment, a lot of Chinese footprint in Cameroon. So I decided to go to Confucius Institute. That was in 2015 to have a glimpse about what is the Mandarin, what is the Chinese language, know more about the Chinese people. Mundu lived in the Cameroonian capital city of Yaoundé. He went to the Confucius Institute of the University of Yaoundé too to go through what he described as a very challenging learning experience. That was my first time learning an Asian language. It was very difficult, not only in terms of the syllables, the pinyin, also the culture itself, because when you're learning Mandarin, uh, it's something that encompasses culture. So for me, yeah. it was a new language, a new path. So it was very challenging, especially the tones. Mundu is gifted in languages, and he soon reached a medium level of proficiency in both spoken and written Chinese. 
I had Mandarin for six months and then I passed HSK, which is the Chinese proficiency test. After six months, I passed the HSK 5. Back then, the highest level was 6. In January 2015, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi made a visit to Cameroon. Mundu had an opportunity to meet the Chinese Foreign Minister, which proved to be life-changing for the young man. My country, Cameroon, sent me representing all the Cameroonian youth to welcome him. We have a short discussion. He was asking me about myself, how long have I been studying Chinese. At the end, he told me to go to China to learn about the real China. He also told me to go to Peking University. He said, you have to go to Peking University to learn about China, to deepen your understanding about China, but also to foster China-Africa partnership. And that's when I started researching way to apply for Peking University. Peking University is one of the top higher learning institutes in China. To succeed in his application, Mundu had to go through a series of tests. To be able to get into Peking University, because my program is Chinese taught, the standard is very high. They need you to reach HSK 6, the highest level of your Chinese proficiency. But apart from that, you have to take the test. Because my major was international relations, I had to take politics, Chinese politics exams, yeah. written and oral. I had to come to China to take the final test and then an interview. And then you're finally a Peking University student. So it was very tough, very difficult. In September 2016, Mundu started his master's degree studies at Peking University. He was the only student from Africa in his class which included another five foreign students and about 70 Chinese students. I realized that all of my classmates were actually very bright. So it gave me a lot of pressures. And you know, when you're in this kind of environment, you naturally have a lot of pressure, but then you're also very motivated. You have to do your best. Determined to excel in his studies, Mundu studied hard and got help whenever he needed from his teachers and fellow students. In general, Mundu did fairly well at the university. He continued to pursue his PhD studies there after obtaining a master's degree. Altogether, he spent seven years on the campus of Peking University and has developed a profound love for it. The campus life is very, very interesting because Peking University gives you all the tools that you need because we have your country's leaders we have international leaders that are visiting peking university on a daily basis, on a monthly basis. we have the opportunity to know everything about china's development everything about china's provinces meanwhile mundu made use of his spare time to interact and hang out with his fellow students for me, it was important to foster the people-to-people -people bonds. I wanted to understand the Chinese people. So I started with the classmates. I would play with them. Uh, they call that in Chinese, joyo, like some table games. Just to understand how Chinese young students are living, to befriend them, to understand how they think. That's actually what made my stay at Peking University better and richer because I spent time to boost my relationship with the Chinese students. Sometimes the young man would go to a park near Peking University to watch local residents walking, dancing and singing. 
He often mingled with them, trying to learn about their lifestyle, their way of thinking about China and the world. Mundu says he has found the people he met and interacted with friendly and open-minded. To broaden his horizons and get a deeper understanding of China, the young man started his travels around the country in 2017. China is a big country and uh, many different cities, many different villages, many different practices. In such a big country, there are different things that you can learn from different places. There are also different ways that you can utilize those things to your country. For me, I wanted to find some ways that could be helpful to Africa, that could be helpful to Cameroon. And also some ways that could foster Africa-China friendship. Some ways that also foster mutual respect, mutual learning between African countries and China. Mostly, he travels alone and focuses his visits on rural China, as he is interested in the life of Chinese villagers and how they have shaken the shackles of poverty. Usually, he lives with a local household for a week to experience the local life up close. He says his visit to a village called Shunshan in eastern China's Jiangxi province has provoked a lot of thought for him. It was very remote. I talked to the village chief and asked, why didn't you just abandon and just go? He said, no, this is my place. I had to fight for this heritage. If I leave now, why would I leave to my children and the next generation? So the development will start with me. Those words were very resonating with me. Also not just staying there, but developing the local product. The local product refers to ba, a snack made of glutinous rice. He notes that many Chinese villages have adopted a program called One Village, One Product to help increase farmers' incomes. Under the program, local officials organize enterprises and farmers to work together to develop the agricultural resources of a village. Oftentimes, the cooperation results in the production, processing and marketing of a certain product, for example, tsuba, for a particular village. Mundu finds this program appealing to Africa, which is rich in agricultural resources but faces challenges to develop its agricultural sector. Jiangxi, Jiangsu, Guizhou, Hebei and Shanxi provinces. The young man has travelled east, west north and south, all around China. He says the people he met in the Chinese villages are friendly, hardworking and are willing to embrace the outside world. They were often surprised by his presence and were curious about him and Africa. He takes a village in the region of Changshu, Jiangxi province in East China as an example. Changshu, I went there to celebrate the Chinese New Year. I stood there for a month. I wanted to understand the Chinese family. So I went there and then the whole village came, Whoa! Look, why are you different from me? You have different colors. What do you eat? Where you come from? Mundu says he didn't feel uncomfortable faced with such questions from the villagers, as he is always ready to engage in heart-to-heart -heart dialogues. He patiently answered the questions and the villagers welcomed him to their homes, feasting and celebrating the Chinese New Year together.
warmth, joy, new perspectives, and encouragement. These are what this young man from Africa often gets from his interactions with people from across China. More importantly, he has learned some practices or policies that could prove to be effective in helping impoverished people lead a good life. China has a twinning system, which means the very developed city, developed counties, will support the less developed one. For example, I went to Ningxia. We found out that the Ningxia is actually twinned with Fujian. So this twinning system will actually balance the development at a national level. Ningxia, or formerly the Ningxia Hui Autonomous Region, is a less developed region in northwest China, while Fujian, a coastal province in southeast China, is much more developed. The twinning system Mundu mentions refers to the Pairing Assistance Program, launched by the Chinese government in the late 1990s. Under the program, the central government arranged for the richer and more developed regions to help the least developed regions on a one-to-one -one basis. In the case of Ningxia and Fujian, the latter region has provided financial, technical training of human resources and other kinds of support to the former over the decades. The assistance has greatly helped Ningxia develop its economy and improve the living standards for the locals. Mundu says Cameroon also faces development gaps between different regions and between urban and rural areas, and he believes the Chinese way may be applicable to his own country. With his studies at Peking University and investigative trips around China, Mundu has actually become an expert in Chinese affairs. His goal is not just theoretical, but more importantly, practical. I travel to so many villages, but my end goal is to take those experiences and to share that to Africa. In the Shanxi province, Luliang City, yeah. where we actually saw how a small community got the GDP doubled through paper cutting. For us, it gives us lesson that if you want to alleviate poverty, there's no single road. There are many different ways. I went back home this January and I shared that with Cameroonians. Of course, obviously they don't believe. What? Paper cutting? We have this carving culture in Cameroon. So, so you mean I can alleviate poverty? Yes, 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 because they alleviated poverty through paper cutting. According to the World Food Programme, Cameroon is a lower middle income country with over 27 million people. More than half of them live in poverty. The agricultural sector dominates its economy, employing more than 60% of the labor force. Of course, Mundu says he and his fellow Cameroonians need to delve deeper to find out the details of the different poverty alleviation programs in China, and then think of practical solutions to the poverty in Cameroon. How did they industrialize that? How did they took advantage of the uh, e-commerce? There is room for learning. It means we have to absorb more of these practices to have our young people in Africa aware that empower ourselves to find our way to alleviate poverty. Mundu is not alone in his fervent pursuit to learn from China so as to ultimately develop his own country and the African continent.
Tunga Marai Eric Mupola, who came from Zimbabwe to China in 2017, was one of his traveling companions and good friends. Mupona is pursuing his doctor's degree in international affairs and global governance in Zhejiang University, a prestigious university in Zhejiang province, East China. Through his studies and travels in China, Mupona has developed a similar understanding about the country and what Africa really needs to learn from it. If we want to learn some experiences from China, it has to be a bottom-up approach. Starting from the villages first, how is the raw China developing and how are the people's lives there being changed? And what is the government doing? What are the people doing? How is this cooperation in terms of the public and, and the private sector cooperation? Those are some of the things that we're interested in. Mubona says he has visited some wealthy villages in Zhejiang province, where he saw people live with a high standard of living and easy access to modern facilities, just like those who live in big Chinese cities. Trying to find out the secrets to this, he has focused his research on rural China for his master's degree thesis. When I was trying to look at the economic history of China, they talk about the Chinese economic miracle. Then you realize that the industrialization or the Chinese economic miracle started in the villages. So if you want to know more about China, then you should go back to the villages mm -hmm. to dig deep and understand how the China economic development works. China became the world's second largest economy in 2010 thanks to decades of rapid and sustained economic growth since the launch of the reform and opening up policy in 1978. The growth began with the country's agricultural sector and farmers' living standards. Noting that 7 in 10 Zimbabweans live in rural areas, he says any viable development strategy for his country must focus on those areas and help the villagers. But one key lesson he wants to highlight is that infrastructure and connectivity is of paramount importance to development. In this regard, he calls for more cooperation between China and Africa under the Belt and Road Initiative, which was initiated in 2013. I would say the global south at large is facing a problem of infrastructure gap, which is really a very huge problem. And uh, sub-Saharan African region is not an exception. There we are facing a huge challenge in terms of road infrastructure, rail infrastructure. If there is no connectivity, then you can't do anything. Only when you have connections, and we saw that in China, then you can have development. We wish to connect more African countries on a national level and cross-border level. These two young men note that Chinese companies have helped build or upgrade more than 10,000 kilometers of railways and nearly 100,000 kilometers of highways across Africa over the past two decades. These projects have boosted African countries' development and created many jobs for the local population, especially the young people. In Cameroon, China helped build the country's first deep water port the Kribi Deep Sea Port between 2011 and 2014. The port is located on the Atlantic coast, some 300 kilometers from Cameroon's capital, Yaoundé. It is strategically positioned in the center of the Gulf of Guinea. Now, the port is jointly operated by Cameroon, France and China, 
with an expansion project to be completed by the end of 2023. In Zimbabwe, China helped upgrade the Robert Gabriel Mugabe International Airport in its capital city Harare. In July 2023, the newly expanded terminal of the airport was put into use after five years of construction. Of course, as African expats living in China, the two men have also been active promoters of Africa whenever they interact with their Chinese friends or when they participate in major international events. In June 2023, Mundu participated in the third China-Africa Economic and Trade Expo held in the city of Changsha in central China. Themed Common Development for a Shared Future, the four-day event was attended by representatives from 53 African countries and multiple international organizations. Mundu took advantage of the opportunity to promote his country and Africa to Chinese investors. We invited them to represent African young people, to give the African young people voice. If China has to do business with Africa, if China has to cooperate with Africa, how can we make that long-term? How can we make that sustainable? We are bridging not only business, but mostly people-to-people -people relationship. This is the big door. When you're people-to-people relationship, businesses, diplomacy, everything goes smooth. Mundu says he would like to help more Africans come to China for exchanges and vice versa, more Chinese to visit his country and Africa. As he continues his adventures in China, the aspiring young man promises to return to Africa one day and help build his home country with passion, ingenuity and the experience he has learned from the world's second largest economy. With that, we conclude this episode of Footprints. Thanks for listening. I'm Bob Jones. If you're interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary but incredible people in China, follow us on your favorite podcast platforms. Just key in Footprints and you can find more stories anytime, anywhere. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.